0: Welcome to the Free Sermon Podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon.
1: Musician, don't you appreciate those musicians that are faithful, that are giving a good hand? Uh, The book of Exodus chapter 34. If you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn. I want to minister for a few minutes from this passage of Scripture. One of the major problems of our generation is identity theft. Uh, this is a high-tech, uh, computerized generation, and one of the things that happens is that people uh, hack into computers, and, uh, and they're able to take the information that is uh, private, and uh, they're able to uh, uh, fraudulently use that to present themselves as uh, uh, somebody that they're not. And as a result of that, uh, whole industries have been created. And uh, uh, one of the the, uh, things that they do is they put a firewall and uh, a firewall uh, industry to keep people from hacking your computer that you can only, uh, only people who are authorized can do that, identity theft. In the world in which we live, there is another identity theft that's going on, and that's the identity theft of people who are presenting a God who is not a God of the Bible. And in this text that we have is uh, some very profound uh, scriptures. I was praying, I think it was Monday, and uh, the Lord began to deal with me and, uh, and got inspired on this. And uh, here in the Bible uh, is the only firewall we have as believers and presents the answer to the identity theft that many are presenting a God who does not exist in the Bible or are presenting a gospel that's not the gospel. Exodus 34, very uh, interesting passage scripture, beginning in verse 5. Follow with me there as I read this. Now, the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him, that's Moses there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, And by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. Then he said, if now found grace in your sight, O Lord, let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we're a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us uh, as your inheritance." And God said, "Behold, I 'll make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, uh, nor in any nation, and all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing uh, that I will do with you. I want to preach you tonight on firewall. Looking at this text is a very uh, interesting statement that's made, and has to do with god 's name now. This is a very, very important truth. I uh, clipped out a little article uh, a few months ago, and I want to quote it to you if you bear with me. And it says, A Dutch Catholic bishop has suggested that Christians should refer to God as Allah to promote a better relationship with Muslims. Bishop Martinez, tiny muskins of Breda in the Netherlands, told the network television show that God doesn't really care how we address him pointed out that Allah is a term already used by Christians who speak Arabic. Bishop Muskin said that humans are uh, needlessly divided over such terminology. God, the bishop said, is above such bickering. (laughs) The Dutch bishop admitted that his suggestion was not likely to gain widespread acceptance, but he predicted that within a century or two, Dutch Catholics will be addressing prayers to Allah. Now, that's very interesting. It made me wonder if uh, Anglican tiny uh, 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 Muskins had ever read the Bible. <laughs> because the scripture that I read read something pointedly about God and described who He is and how He moves. In Exodus 34, verse 14 says, You shall worship no other God. For the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. That's a very interesting statement. uh, Because God is very jealous for his name in the Bible. He's not about to tolerate you calling him Allah. I want to tell you that. And whatever insanity sees this man, he needs to get saved and read his Bible... In the book of Exodus chapter 20 and verse 5 says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now this is a critical issue. Because the Bible says in verse 5 that the Lord stood with Moses there. And in verse 5 it also says he descended in a thick cloud... And wherever the Lord's name is manifested, uh, there his presence uh, comes uh, to verify who he is uh, and what he says. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, says, Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel, and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, "'I am who I am.'" And he said, "'Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, "'I am has sent me to you.'" Moreover, God said to Moses, "'This you shall say to the children of Israel, "'The Lord God.'" That literally is Jehovah Elohim. "'The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, "'the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, "'has sent me to you. "'This is my name forever.'" And this is my memorial to all generations. So as we begin to peruse the words of God, we're thinking now about God's name. And apparently God is very concerned about his name and that we address his name. And in the English, it's the Lord God. And in the original Hebrew, it is Jehovah Elohim, So to you and I, he is the Lord God, and his name is revealed over and over again in the Scripture, and he's very concerned that you and I call him the Lord God or Jehovah God. In the book of Exodus, chapter 13, verses 14 and 15, and he said, My presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. And he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, uh, do not bring us uh, up here. So here we have then a truth, and that truth is that wherever God's name is placed, historically God's presence is there, and His presence follows His name, and He manifests Himself where His name is named. There's historical documentation in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 12, and verse 11 says, Then there will be the place where the Lord your God chooses uh, to make his name uh, abide. We find a little bit later that uh, Moses is given instructions and they create the tabernacle. God said, I'm going to give you a pattern. I'm going to dwell with you there. I'm going to manifest my glory in the tabernacle. Moses did so according to the blueprint that God gave him. And the Bible says uh, that when that was finished, the glory of God uh, came down upon the mercy seat, which was in that tabernacle. Uh, and it was so powerful and so strong, they couldn't even stand to minister because the presence of the Lord was there that overwhelmed them. Later we find that Solomon according to the pattern that he uh, God had given to David. He creates the temple. And as he creates the temple, uh, when he was finished and he prayed that uh, great prayer that you can read uh, after he was finished praying that, uh, that fire came down again as it did and in, in, as Moses uh, made the first uh, dedication. Fire came down, consumed uh, the sacrifices that were upon the altar, and the glory of God uh, filled that and it was so strong, the Shekinah glory, they could not stand, the priest could not stand to minister uh, because God's presence came uh, where his name was placed uh, and his name was honored. Now this plays out in life. You, if you're a Bible student, remember when uh, Elijah went on the Mount Carmel and challenged the prophets of Baal to a contest. And that contest was that uh, the the God who is God will actually manifest Himself, uh, and uh, He will make Himself known by His presence. Uh, you know the story. They finish the prophets of Baal go through all kind of charismatics, calisthenics, uh, and when they're finished, uh, nothing's happened. But they just got blood all over themselves as so they cut themselves and went through a frenzy. And uh, Elijah stands. Uh, Says simple words, uh, let the God uh, who answers by fire be God instantly. Fire came, consumed the sacrifice, consumed the altar, uh, and God's presence was made known uh, by the fire that fell upon the altar. And when that's finished, the people shouted out, The Lord, uh, He is God. We find David, when he goes out to fight the giant Goliath, uh, he rejects Saul's armor. He goes out and fights him, uh, picks up first in the brook Elah five smooth stones. uh, uh, Because if you're a Bible student, you find out that uh, Goliath had four brothers, so he's ready for them too. He gathers up uh, these five smooth stones, takes his sling uh, and confronts this, and this uh, this giant mocked him. said, "Am I a dog that you come out with a stick and you're going to uh, and you're going to fight with me?" And David answered him back these words. He said, I, "You come to me uh, uh, with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord." And he puts a rock in his sling, runs towards the giant, slings the sling. Now, remember now, there's, uh, there's no sling ever been slung that can make a rock uh, sink into a human forehead. But uh, God was there that day. Can you say amen? And as David did what he could do, I believe that when he slung that stone, uh, God's hand came <clears throat> and made it like a bullet. And down goes Goliath as the stone sunk into his head. Because his name was on the line and he honored his name with his presence as the power of God. And so it follows in the scripture. Jesus is the fulfillment of these wonderful manifestations of God. And the Bible says that he spoke these words to his disciple. Where two or more of you are gathered together in my name. There am I in the midst of them. So here we have then, the full line comes down, Jesus Christ... is the fullness of the Godhead, the Bible says in Colossians, dwelling bodily. Uh, uh, in him uh, was the fullness of God. The Bible says uh, that he uh, is God manifested in the flesh, that you and I can understand. Uh, and the power of God goes with uh, the name of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Uh, and in First Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, Paul says in my speech, and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your face should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And the Bible says in 420, first Corinthians, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but it is in power. Now, having said that, I want you to know that the scriptures that we've read lets us understand that God will guard his name. Uh, If you're a sympathetic soul, you might say a prayer uh, for tiny Muskins because he's in big trouble, I can tell you for sure. God will guard his name. God will honor his name. And the Bible says that the Lord will not hold him guiltless. That takes my holy name in vain. And this is a powerful truth that we need to remember. Someone wrote a tremendous statement in a book on healing And that statement was that God has become someone to understand rather than the biblical revelation of himself, which is someone to save and to heal. So having said that then this evening, we need to lock our minds in on the name of the Lord, did you ever wonder why uh, when, when people are unsaved and they want to curse uh, and they're, perhaps they're out on a job, they're, uh, they're uh, a carpenter or builder, and they, they hit their, uh, their uh, thumb with a hammer that they don't say uh, uh, as they hit the ooh, Wayman Mitchell. What? Why do they not say that? Why, when they hit their thumb with a finger, do they not say, ooh, Brian Rudd? No, no. What do they say? You know what they say. They use the Lord's name in vain. Did you ever wonder about that? Where would that all come from? Some kind of tradition? No. There is a demonic spirit uh, that hates that wonderful name uh, of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Uh, And this is why people uh, uh, use that constantly in cursing and in swearing uh, is because uh, the devil hates that name. That is the name that is above every name that is named. That is the name that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's why they use that because demonically inspired The devil's business is to blaspheme uh, that name uh, so as to desensitize people uh, to the wonderful message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the name of God. Then secondly, I want to talk to you about God's testimony. God's testimony is actually his witness. I hold in my hand uh, the old testimony and the new testimony this has great ramifications uh, of understanding here here is uh, uh, is the modern error uh, much of modern christianity is egocentric uh, it's uh, it's all about me well god does care about us can you say man but it's not all about us it's all about him and uh, i know that you have needs i know that you have feelings uh, uh, but you, have you ever noticed uh, this uh, this uh, sin sensitive generation, as uh, uh, some event happens and, and they're being interviewed and say, how did it make you feel? You know, it, it's The first thing you wanna know, how did it make you feel? Have you ever, anybody ever picked that up? Because this is uh, the emotional generation. This is uh, the sensitive generation. And uh, someone has made a statement, I don't know if I used it before, and that statement is, uh, they may forget what you said, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Because this is the feeling generation. This is the touchy-feeling generation. Touchy-feely, you know that. Uh, but, but, but I wanna tell you uh, that God's got a witness, and that witness and testimony is clearly in the Bible. And uh, uh, what it is is a sacred and a holy dimension, and that's found in what is called the Ark of the Testimony. Now, this is a piece of furniture That was put in the tabernacle uh, and in the temple. This is a very interesting uh, piece of furniture. I think, if memory serves me, it's about 46 inches uh, uh, long. It's a box. Uh, And in that box uh, is the two tablets of stone as the tabernacle was built that God wrote with his own finger, the Ten Commandments. Those are there. They're testifying to the holiness uh, and the righteousness of God. If every person on earth would just simply keep those Ten Commandments, there'd be no problems in the earth. Can you say amen? But the problem is sin. And because of our sin, those statements of God's righteousness and those statements of God's holiness are covered over with a cover, which is called the mercy seat. It's overlaid with gold. And this is the mercy seat that covers that over and shields that from human view and human contact. And a seraphim on each side, angelic beings, huge, are looking down at that because there's an awe that is in the spiritual and the heavenly realm over The wonderful representation is there of God's mercy seat. He shields uh, human beings. If he put the Ten Commandments to you right now and his justice was done, a laser phaser would come from heaven and it would fry you into a spot on the carpet. It's covered over. Thank God. Can you say amen? His holiness uh, and his righteousness is covered over uh, because the full manifestation of that we could not stand. Uh, And once a year, the priest came in with the blood of sacrifice, uh, uh, the sacrifice for the nation, uh, and sprinkled uh, the mercy seat with the blood uh, of the sacrifice. This mercy seat... uh, is a place that God manifested himself, the Bible says. On the mercy seat, God's Shekinah glory came to rest, and his presence came there. And this is a representation of what God has done and who God is in redemption. And the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 3 says, For I proclaim the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is who he is, and the name of the Lord is also what He does, because God's purpose is to reveal Himself in redemption and salvation to humanity. And in that mercy seat are some interesting items. In that mercy seat is a golden golden pot filled with manna. This is the wonderful manna that came down from heaven to feed the people for 40 years in the wilderness, uh, a wonderful uh, testimony and a symbol uh, of God's grace and provision. Uh, And Jesus said to the devil, uh, it is written... A man shall not live by bread alone, uh, but by every word uh, that comes from God. You and I uh, this evening uh, have that wonderful manna in a spiritual dimension, which is the revelation uh, of the living God, and He provides for, us, not only spiritually, but He also provides uh, in our material realm. Deuteronomy 8. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, Brother Gaffney mentioned the other morning Deuteronomy eight and God's revelation and, and it says you remember don't forget how many of you know how easily we uh, we forget we we forget God does something wonderful and then we we uh, forget uh, 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 we, we just sh- we have a fallibility and that fallibility is. If we're not very careful, we forget. He says, you remember how I have provided for you and the money that you have in your hand, you weren't smart enough to get that all by yourself. I work behind the scenes uh, and I'm the one that gave you power uh, to get wealth. Not only that, but the Bible says uh, inside uh, that wonderful, uh, uh, wonderful uh, ark of the covenant was Aaron's, Aaron's rod that budded. Now that's a very interesting story because uh, there came a time when uh, there was a, an argument, and that argument was uh, about who God had put in charge. And that argument was, uh, Moses, uh, Aaron, you know, you guys, you, you think you're something that you're not. We're the people of God, too. And God said, go cut 12 sticks. Cut them up. Put them in because uh, Aaron is of the tribe of Judah. Get these sticks, cut all the limbs off of them, make them just bare sticks, and put them up before me for the night. In the morning they came, and to their astonishment, Aaron's rod had grown limbs on it. It had grown leaves on it. It had flowered and had fruit on it, all done in one night. And God was saying to them, when I put someone in charge and my blessings upon them, I will manifest it to you. And that also was in the ark uh, as a testimony of God's uh, sovereign ability uh, to bring forth a testimony to vindication. Now, there's a solemn underlining of all of this for a moment. In the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 1. Remember, we're talking about the ark of the testimony. This is the ark of God's witness. In the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, of, uh, of, uh, 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 In the book of... Where did I find my place? Somewhere here. Lost my thought. No, Numbers chapter 11, verse 1. Now, when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and His anger was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Now, you can go in the Bible in 1 Corinthians 10, I believe it is. It names off a bunch of sins that are there. One of these... Was a murmuring about what God had done. That's what's uh, that's what's referred to in this passage of Scripture. And what had happened was God had brought judgment, uh, and as He brought judgment, uh, uh, the people are murmuring, complaining, and uh, as they're murmuring, complaining, the Bible says God heard that. Uh, and when he heard that, uh, he began to bring uh, a judgment. Uh, and as that judgment came uh, upon the people, uh, uh, the people who were complaining, uh, 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 Aaron uh, had to grab a, a golden censer, uh, put incense upon it, uh, and go out and make an atonement for the people. Uh, and that golden censer also was laid up uh, in the ark of the covenant, according to the scripture manifesting God's witness, God testimony of who He is uh, and what He does. Now the wonderful thing about this is in God's testimony uh, is that this is a place where we can get help uh, in prayer as believers in Jesus Christ. Hebrews four and verse sixteen uh, uh, reiterates all the wonderful truths of the priesthood that we have, the sacrifices have been made, and then says to us in Hebrews four sixteen Let us therefore, in other words, because of these things that he's spoken, come boldly to the throne of grace. That throne of grace is uh, spiritually this mercy seat, a place where we can obtain mercy. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace uh, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help uh, in time of need. Or in other words, what we're talking about is not just some theological uh, mumbo-jumbo This is not just some theological uh, 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 verbiage, uh, but this is a tremendous truth, uh, and that truth is that God's testimony uh, has been there, and here we find uh, the ark, we find the uh, ark of the testimony, uh, and within that ark of testimony uh, is revealed to us the wonderful grace of God, that we can come before the, uh, the throne of His grace uh, and we can find help uh, in time of need. Now let me bring this to conclusion for a moment uh, and I want to talk to you about God's people because that's who we are. Can you say amen? amen. Believers uh, are the people of God. It's a very unique dimension uh, and I'm not sure you fully comprehend uh, the glorious privilege that it is uh, uh, to be the people of God. In Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 says, you're holy people. To the Lord your God, the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples uh, that are on the face uh, of the earth. so here God is uh, has a people of his own, you know, of course, this is a Jewish people, but there 's a spiritual application as we move on through this for a moment. Uh, And because they were the people of God, God worked wonderful miracles. He defeated their enemies when they were living for God. When they even were in sin, they called upon him in repentance and he powerfully moved because he chose a people to himself. And as he chose those people to himself, he chose a people that he's going to manifest himself through and reveal himself to the world. Peter... Picks this up in 1 Peter 2, verse 9 and 10 and says these words. But you, he's talking about these believers, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy mercy now this has a profound significance uh, as you and I are seated in this building tonight and the preceding chapter of uh, exodus spells this out we want to look at this for a moment exodus 33 verse 16 uh, says for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace uh, in your sight except you go with us uh, so we shall be separate your people and I from all the people uh, are upon the face uh, of the earth. We just had a tremendous Bible conference. And I'm not sure you fully realize I'm still getting phone calls of people that during that Bible conference, God uh, worked tremendous miracles that... You, I've pastored uh, forever. And, and I want to tell you, I've talked and counseled people, you're blue in the face. Uh, you can talk and they just don't get it. You know, you, you finally, you like to go... Are you listening to me? You know... But but they don't. And I'm telling you that I'm getting calls of people who are reconciled, of people whose hearts have been changed, of people who have an entirely different view of life, of people who were visited in that wonderful conference when we came together whose hearts have been overwhelmed uh, and it was not words that we did. It wasn't any slick program because none of us here are that slick. Can you say amen? It was God moving and manifesting himself. His presence was there uh, and God said, I have chosen you to be a special people above all the peoples uh, that are upon the earth uh, and he promises that there be a blessing beyond our ability uh, or beyond our limitations, uh, or ourselves. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? There's a man uh, that's in the Old Testament. His uh, name is Jabez. In First Chronicles 4, 9, and 10, it says, Now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, uh, because I bore him in pain. Or in other words, uh, she uh, called him the child of sorrows. That, that's uh, what it, Or in other words, she said to him, you sorry thing, I'm sorry you were ever born. That's what she is. She didn't, He. he she wasn't happy when Jabez uh, would come along in the world. How many of you ever uh, known somebody that weren't happy when they had children? You know, one of the things that I, uh, when I'm praying for the sick and they bring me a child who's got a respiratory or uh, breathing problems, the first thing I do is I say, say to the mother, look at me, were you happy when you were pregnant with this child? And sometimes uh, they say, yep. Yeah, I said, look at me again. Were you really happy? And tears. No, I wasn't. I love him now. Yeah, I know that. But you weren't happy. Well, Jabez's mother wasn't happy that he was born. And this put kind of a little kink in things in his household. And the Bible says, but Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, oh, that you'd bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil and that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So something happened to this child. Can you imagine growing up in a home uh, where uh, every time your mother looks at you, you sorry thing, you know, I mean, that'd be a terrible thing. All your brothers and sisters say, hey, sorry. Hey, can you imagine what a spirit of rejection would come upon your life, you you go to school if they had schools, and uh, they would say, ah, there's old sorry, 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 there's old sorry. You know, that develops a complex. Can you say amen? Some of you here have got complexes tonight, okay? (laughs) But you see, Jabez said, that's not going to define my life. He believed God, laid hold of God, and he says, oh God, I need your blessing." You're not going to let this define my life. You're not going to let the limitations of this, uh, but you're going to enlarge me, uh, and you're going to bless me. You're going to keep me from evil. Uh, And the Bible says uh, that a miracle happened in this man's life. God granted him uh, that request. Uh, And so we have this uh, profound uh, significance of being the people of God. Being the people of God means these are people who pray. These are people who lay hold of God. These are people who don't accept the circumstances of the moment but want to break out of that defining element. Uh, And not only that, but God's protection and God's blessing uh, is available for us against the devil's agenda. How many of you know the devil has a plan for you? You don't know that? Okay, you can tonight uh, if you get saved. The devil's got a plan for you. And that plan is not for good. It's for evil. But the Bible says in Proverbs 18, verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Hebrews 13, verse 6, a very notable scripture, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. You see, the people of God means that there is a dimension that is beyond what we can do and we can even think about. And he heals. It's beyond anything that we deserve. And in spite, many times, of our flaws or in spite of our weaknesses or our failures, it's a God. And these scriptures that I've read tonight is a God whose mercy, this is the testimony that comes from the Ark of the Covenant or the Ark of the Testimony his mercy, his long-suffering. How many of you know what long-suffering is? Let me see your hand. It means putting up with something you don't really like putting up with. And thank God he puts up with us, not because of our goodness, not because of our righteousness, not because of our superior personality or exceedingly good or handsome looks, but he puts up with us because he loves us, And his grace reaches down and ministers us forgiveness, blessing, and that's for us. Now listen to this final verse that the Lord puts in there. And God said, Behold, I make a covenant before all your people. I will do marvels, such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it's an awesome thing that I will do with you. I was talking to a pastor tonight. He didn't come to this conference feeling like he did when he left. And his words to me were, pastor, that was a supernatural conference. Yes, it was. And it was not because of superior engineering. It was because God was here. Relationships were healed. Long-standing feuds uh, were reconciled. Uh, hatreds and bitternesses uh, were cured, people were wonderfully blessed, encouraged, refreshed, because God had a people here, and that people were looking to him, and he met them at the expectation of their need. Let me tell you one story uh, that uh, I received Sunday night, Fernando of Abba fame. told me a wonderful testimony. His mother was over here visiting. I don't think she even was in the conference. I, 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 he could correct me, but uh, she's over visiting, and uh, he's witnessing to her. She's not safe. He's witnessing to her, and uh, finally gave her a, a, a little uh, uh, Bible uh, scriptures as she went on her way. She got on a plane to go back home, and when she got on that plane... Two people got on the plane with her that did not know her, nor did she know them and That was Mark Wood, the strong man and his wife. God engineered for her to sit in between them and, and the and she looks at him says "I got a picture of you you got a picture of me How would you get a picture of me?" Well, her son gave it to her, and uh, as they struck up conversation, they began to witness to her, and mrs Wood led his mother to Christ. Now, amen. Now think about that for a moment. What are the odds of that happening? All you mathematicians tell me. What are the odds of a lady who does not even know, has never met strong man, who is the mother of a saint of God who is a part of the people of God here who's been witnessing to his mother, giving her scripture portion, trying to get her saved, and she's not responding. What's the odds of her getting on a plane and getting a seat right in the middle of Mark Wood and his wife? The odds are beyond your calculation. But the reason is uh, that the people of God have God working in their behalf. That ought to encourage you to pray and to witness. Can you say amen? Amen. That's a miracle. That's supernatural. That's beyond your ability. You could scheme for a thousand years. You can never bring that off. But God can pull that off in a moment of time and blow your mind because he is God. Firewall. You see, what we have here this evening is a wonderful firewall. The devil would like to hack your computer. The devil would like to hack your life so that you'd never understand or never see or never experience this wonderful, wonderful God who has revealed himself in the pages of Scripture through his name. I want every head bowed, every eye closed.
0: Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and